Rockies 102.9. The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew exhilarates and quenches with its one-of-a-kind great taste. Mountain Dew, this is how we do. Milwaukee, we Milwaukee, we Milwaukee. The Bucks are what Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program, bringing an air of class and organization. Nothing else. Well-combed hair. There we go. Number 14. Maybe you saw his number in the rafters. It's retired. John McLaughlin. Good morning, John. How hey, are you? My boys, B&B. Yeah. Listen to the excitement in the kid's voice. Everything's more exciting when you're playing for a champion. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that true? Hey, have you guys opened that bed and breakfast yet I, that I keep asking you about? The B&B, B&B? Nah. When you agree to host it, we will uh, we will open it. How's that? Yeah, okay, I'll get back to you. You can be our greeter. <laughs> I'll get back to you. Sean <laughs> McLaughlin. Yeah. Are you guys getting fired up about the Bucks, huh? Uh, John, I am all fired up about the Bucks, and I, I, I forgot how much I really like seven-game series because they're like chess games. We, we punch them in the mouth the first couple of games, right? Yep. And they swung back the other night. It took everything they had to keep from, you know, taking Right, when you're all fat, dumb, and happy, then they, they snake bite you. Right. <laughs> and I, that's kind of what happened the other night. I'm not surprised, are you? No, well, not at all. You know, it's interesting, guys. I uh, People around town, different other radio stations and different people, and, and, and even fans... Um, after the two wins, some of them were talking about sweep, and I'm like, don't do that. Pe- people don't understand that at this point, other than for Portland, who totally gassed out, didn't help anybody, um, there should be real equality going on at this point. And I'll just look at the Bucks in Toronto and say there's great equality, and Toronto's a very good team. As a matter of fact, um, if memory serves me, I haven't looked at it recently, but the Bucks and Toronto were the two best defensive teams in the, in the NBA during the season, and certainly that plays well in the playoffs. So you, there was no doubt in my mind Toronto would punch back, and they're going to they're going to be very difficult to put away. And um, I felt all along it would probably go seven, but that wasn't the popular theme. I hope it doesn't. I hope we get the game tomorrow night, and then we could probably. Uh, yeah, let's see. I want it to work out where we win the championship at home, but then we'd have to lose. No, we've already lost in Toronto. We win tonight in yeah. Toronto. You come home yeah. and win it on yeah. Thursday. There we go. Yeah, right. yeah, that would be ideal. That that would be ideal, and uh, that's a that's a tall order, though, even with home court advantage. But because the the playoffs are so difficult, and teams are typically, except for Portland, paired evenly. Boy, you really got to think about Portland this morning. You say that, and it's like poison on your tongue. Well, think about Mm. it. They're in the finals of the West, and they can't win a game. Uh. I think Denver would have matched up better against Golden State. Well, maybe you can call your buddy Terry Stotts. I I know. That's one reason I really pulled for Portland. I I really wanted Terry to do well. He's a good coach. He is. But but they just weren't evenly matched, even with... Golden State being minus a player tells you how good Golden State is. So I, I'm hoping we don't go seven because that's too nerve-wracking and it's another week almost while Golden State sits there and waits on us. Well, let's talk how about- much uh, – What's okay, what's the good and the bad of that? Um, 
of, of the, them waiting, and we're well. It can cut both ways. For them, it's very good because they have Durant hurt, so they have more rest time, and they're such a, a great team offensively, especially, and very good defensively. I think the rest will be good for them at this point. Um, I think in our case, in both cases where we had the week off, uh, we were a little bit sluggish in some areas in the game back. So I'm thinking that if we can finish this in five or six, you're going to have maybe two days, um, and, and, and that might be a good rhythm for our team. That's okay. Yeah, because yeah. there's too much time off and there's not enough time There's off. the tenderloin, right. the sweet spot. Right. There is a rhythm. Um, you know, um, we've always played 82 games in the regular season, and, and I found, you know, even in my era, that I didn't want more than three days. Um, I want that rhythm to continue. Yeah. And and in the playoffs, once you're in a series now after the first round, it's you know, it's it's a couple of days. You play on a Monday and again on a Wednesday and again, you know. And and that gives a player a rhythm because most players like that and it's kind of what you're used to through the season. So it works in the playoffs. Well your blood is up, your your thinking, your brain is working yes. the same situations over and over yes. the same. They kept Kawhi in for all fifty-one minutes the other night in Toronto in yep. game in game three. Can they run him for forty-eight minutes tonight and expect to get that same kind of performance? And when does it become coaching malfeasance to not give him a rest during the game? <laughs> well, th- they would look at it and say, "Look, this is our best player. He's one of the five best in the NBA. He's very strong and durable type guy." Um, he's physically just strong, and and if you don't win uh, that game in Toronto, you're you're literally uh, against the wall. So you play your best player. You you play him and you ride him, you ride him as hard as you have to ride him, knowing that if you lose two more, he can he can take the entire off season now, off. Now I know sports talk. What they do is they. They pick things apart, but if they lose, or, or it looks like Kawhi is tired, or his knee, or his leg are bothering him, whatever the problem right. is, right. and they run him that hard again, when does it become us? Because I'll throw myself in there because we talk about the right. Bucks. Where you go? Well, that was crazy. They just ran him too hard. They, well, they were... I, I, you know, I, I think like everything in life today, almost everything is second guessed and criticized. Everything. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. How many people, I'm not, everybody was unhappy with the ending. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. And I don't yes. care how they ended it, there would have been complaining and moaning. So it's life. A coach is not going to worry about that. And he's in concert with uh, Kawhi. Kawhi's probably saying to him, hey, man, ride me. I want to play. We've okay. got to play. That's what, a, that's what players, most players, would be saying. I want to play. Put me in there. I'll do it. All right. Now, just as a player who's who spent time on the court, when do you run out of gas, or do you run out of gas at all? These guys are all really good athletes. Right. It, you know, it depends on the player. I, I, I will tell you this: um, my first year in Milwaukee, our expansion year, it was my fourth year in the league. I played forty minutes a game. I averaged forty a game. Now, you know, so I got eight minutes off. I lost fifteen pounds. Yeah. Yeah, and, but you were fat, John. <laughs> <laughs> Thank what? You. Shut up, you idiot! Maybe now, 
What's, I don't. I apologize for the fool over there. Well, but I went in at two hundred five and came out at one ninety. Yeah, and, and and it was hard on me, and I didn't play as well as I could have in some games. Some players, I think Kawhi is built that he can go hard in a lot of minutes. But when you get to this point, the player nor the coach, you don't mind playing the minutes. And and there's been times in history where. People like Wilt average 44 minutes a game, Oscar 44 minutes a game. And you might say, oh, yeah, well, it's a different league, and okay. And they don't have to do it today. But when you're in a do-or-die game, you, you, you play your best guys and your best guys want to play, and you don't worry about being tired for the next game because there may not be one. But doesn't playoffs. someone have to step up and say, listen, I appreciate, you know, how how." I, I the fight in you, you know. I see you're a fighter, and yep. But you just you you run yourself so hard. Well, that's a coach's job to protect the player from right, himself that, at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, but but remember, I keep saying this, guys. In the playoffs, there may be no tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So, and and you've got four months off, so you go. Okay. But, uh, you, you play the minutes, and and Toronto isn't as deep as the Bucks. It's one of the pleasures of, that we have with this. Bucks team, it's so deep that he can still rest people, whereas Toronto doesn't have the same privilege um, that they can that they can, especially with Kawhi. And then, as they did in the last game, they need other guys on their team to step up, and they did. And so, you know, you can say these things like they played hard and really well. We were off again to a certain degree. They did a great job defending Giannis, every time he'd make a move to the paint, there was at least three and four guys in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the other guys that had to step up. And and I thought they played their best. We we did not. And that's what I'm hoping for, it, that, that it will change tonight. What's the most advantageous lineup for us versus them? Like, who do you want in there? You know, Bob, that's a, that's a good one because you typically would go with your starters, but our starters have been falling behind a little bit, and I I think a lot of it has to do with with the way they're playing Giannis. Uh, they're doing a great job in in that regard, and um, it shows you how good you know our bench mob has been. And so when you can say, meaning me in this case, or the Bucks, you know, when we go to our bench, we're even as effective or more effective in certain ways, you got a heck of a team when you can do that. What's the yeah. hook on what's the hook on Bledsoe? Now, I'm always a, a um a victim of recentness and he didn't have a good game the other night. And George Hill came in and threw in what, twenty four? Right. George Hill was from So So would you just go with George Hill? Well, no. Okay. No, not at all. You you stay with your system and that's what coach will do. And by the way, when you mention these other guys what a job John Horst has done, our general manager. What do you think? 36 years old. God, yeah. I think I was still wet in the bed at 36. I'm well, almost positive. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> he, he learned at, at the foot, at the knee of John Hammond. He was with him like 18 years, you know, as an analyst. And he worked his way up. So he, he learned under a great man, a, a, a good GM, good people. John Horst is of the same mode. And... I don't care how smart or bright or hardworking you are. You, you got to be a little lucky. You, you know, it's got to work out that when you make hurt. a move, yeah. and and it's worked out. This team has camaraderie. 
They care for each other. They pull together. They're they're very impressive to me. Uh, I, I I envy them to be able to play in an environment like that with a coach that inspires all of that. Well, our coach, even when they're not shooting well, if you if you catch any of that as they go to timeouts, if they show him, he's always going keep shooting, well, keep coach shooting. Bud, here's how I like to say it. He's a positive coach, not a negative coach. Many coaches coach negatively. You made a mistake. You come out. Oh, you didn't make this pass. Oh, you didn't do that. Oh, you did. And you must point out things that aren't getting done. Sure. And that's done at halftime. That's done in practices. Hey, you know, we, we didn't defend well in this situation. We didn't rebound. We didn't do this. We had too many turnovers in that game. They have to point those things out. But he's a positive coach. He'll put his arm around you and say, keep shooting, keep doing this, work this. That's a positive influence that, that I, quite frankly, never had as a coach, even all the way through college and high school. Well, Larry Costello didn't well, put his arm around you? kind of a different time. No. No. McLaughlin, what are you doing standing there? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, he, he wasn't that type of coach. And, and many aren't, but Coach Bud is. And for me, that's, that's uh, top flight, and it's showing – in what this team has done. And, and Bledsoe, let me answer that question on Bledsoe. Bledsoe is a heck of a player. He can D you. He can go to the basket. He's strong. But like any player, you, you know, he's going to have times where it's not working and they're defending. And I don't know if it's true. I've read that Toronto says, you know, we're going to let him shoot. Well, there are nights he can shoot you out of the gym, man, right. and light you up. And I, I mean, you continue, you don't make that change. You stay with the same system. You bring in your, your bench guys the way you have. I mean, the Bucks have lost two games, guys, in the playoffs. There's, there's no panic here. Yeah. yeah that's know, why I love when I see headlines on SportsCenter. Can the Bucks hold on to this lead? We've lost two games in the playoffs. What are you, exactly, what, well, but they have to fill, fill airtime with some sort of discussion. Exactly. And, and, and everybody's second-guessing and, and – Seeing boogeyman and this and that, you stay with your system. This Bucks team has been good all year, the best in the NBA. Their defense is good. I really expect a big rollout in this game. Hey, what did you talk about with Oscar last week? Mm-hmm. What did you talk about with yeah. when you sat down with Oscar? Well, it's interesting. Um, I'm there very early, and so was Oscar. So when I came out, he was sitting on our bench uh, with someone else, and and. At that time, I mean, it's two to two and a half hours before the game. So just some of our players are shooting, and there aren't many people around other than the, the security guys. And so he and I had a chance to just sit and talk, which was really enjoyable. Um, and I will tell you, um, first of all, I said, Oscar, you look phenomenal. He lost a lot of weight. He had a knee replacement, and he could not eat for three weeks. He said, I just food just didn't appeal to me, and I ate. All I ate was chicken and salad, and he lost a lot of weight. He looks wonderful. He's 80 years old, and you'd never guess it. Um, we talk about family, quite frankly. Um, we then, as people come by and different players and coaches of, the, of, of each team come by and see Oscar, and they all come over to say hello uh, because that's kind of the, you know, the throne. He's one of the guys on the throne. <laughs> And um, and then we talk after family. We talk <clears throat> a little bit about the '71 and the '74 season. Uh, quite frankly, the game in '74 when he was hurt and I was hurt. We talked about that a little bit. 
and um, and by and then a little bit, quite a bit about this team. He he was asking things, and then he knew a lot of different aspects to this team. And then um, we went in for dinner in the owner's suite or the owner's room, and then a lot of people, you know, started coming up to talk to him and me about, you know, about the team now but the past. And uh, it was an enjoyable time. He was very good on the uh, TNT pregame show with Shaq and everybody. Yes, he was awesome. Uh, he did he did a really nice job. I you know because that's a rough one to jump into. Oscar's not of that ilk, but no. he did. But they treated him respectfully, like you said, like basketball royalty. Yes, that's how he's treated every everywhere that I'm with him that I see, or on interviews like that one which I had recorded, um, and they should. You know, it's not just what he did on the court. Um, he was the president of the Players Association, and I had the privilege in Milwaukee being the player rep for five years. And we're we behind Oscar with our legal counsel, Larry Flasher, we're the ones that, that brought forth the uh, Robertson settlement that really gained free agency for players uh, then late, you know, in the 80s and today that really opened the door for the big money today. And most players don't know that, but there were 14 guys that, that stood that were player reps that stood in the gap with Oscar to demand that and got it for these players today. So th- there's a lot that they should appreciate for him. Um, you know, a little like Jackie Robinson in a different yeah. era because Oscar grew up in, in the same era of um, Re- regional basketball, and, right? Yeah. And difficulty yeah. for an Afro-American person. Yeah. Hey, John, just so you know, you look really good for your age as well. Not just Oscar. You're doing okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's always good to hear from you. I'll do that check later. <laughs>